0: Hi everyone, Lorraine here. Today's episode is an interview with one of our newest teachers, Rikio. Rikio shares with us his fascinating perspective on thinking in different languages, growing up bilingual, and going to an extremely multicultural school. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Mikio, how are you today?
1: I'm doing well, how are you?
0: I'm very well, thanks. Thanks for joining us. I've got a few questions to ask you today for this podcast, so uh, let's get started. Firstly, welcome to Intrepid English. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, please?
1: Sure. So I'm currently a student and I live in Japan, but I'm originally from California in the United States. And I'm a high school student and I go to international school, so I'm surrounded by a bunch of different people from different countries, which has been really good.
0: Great. So you mentioned you're in Japan right now and you're you're in high school. Actually, we met because you go to the same high school as one of our other teachers did, uh, Maddox, and um, he actually introduced the two of us. So... uh, Tell us a little bit about your experience of UWC. Um, We've talked with Maddox in his podcast about it. So I'm interested to hear how your experience there has been.
1: Sure. So I remember in 2016, actually, I went to the summer school uh, at the school in Japan because I was here in Japan with my mom and my mom was taking care of her mom or my grandma. So Uh, I went to the summer camp for two weeks and it was just a really nice experience in the way that I think the community here is really tight-knit because it's definitely a small school. And UWC is this global network of schools. So there is I believe 19 schools now and they're located in all these different countries across the world and the one I'm at is of course in Japan. And after I went to the summer school I decided that I would apply and here
0: I am. Wonderful. So yeah, I've heard many things. I actually met Maddox through a friend of mine who went to UWC in Wales. Um, Um, And it's I've always joked that I think it sounds like um, high school for superheroes. Like you learn such really (laughs) amazing things at school, how to make the world a better place, you know, all about the environment and tolerance. Mm. And it's just sounds like the most supportive and interesting environment to go to high school in.
1: Yeah, it's really hard to like narrow it down to one word, if that makes sense. But mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it's definitely a supportive environment. And being with so many people from so many different places, I think, for example, I think the school I go to has maybe over 80 countries represented. And, you know, of course, sometimes you disagree with people, but from those disagreements is where you end up learning the most, I think.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why we should be open to, you know, conversations with people who don't necessarily agree with us because it's in the debating that we often learn things ourselves and maybe sometimes possibly come to a bit of a compromise.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So you mentioned uh in your blog post that you you live in a forest or near to a forest <laughs> and you love to run the trails there. Uh tell us a little bit about that.
1: Sure. So We're kind of in rural Japan, and yeah, whenever I tell people I go to school in Japan, they automatically assume Tokyo or something, but no, it's pretty rural, and yeah, we're surrounded by a bunch of trees, and we're actually at the base of this volcano, an active volcano.
0: Wow.
1: And yeah, whenever I have free time, I I used to row, but there aren't that many places to row here, so I've picked up running instead.
0: Awesome. I'm a runner myself. Well, I like to think I am. Uh, at the moment, I'm kind of more of a stumbler. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely a really lovely exercise to do, uh, especially here in Edinburgh, and I'm sure in the forests in Kanaga- Kanagawa or Kanazawa?
1: In uh, Karuzawa.
0: Oh, uh, Karuzawa, sorry. Um, yes. <laughs> I'm sure that, you know, it's such a great place to clear your mind, isn't it? And um, sort of, yeah, be at one with nature. So you're actually a few days away now from your high school exams or your, your exam period, aren't you? How, how are you preparing for that?
1: Yeah, it's, it's been kind of a slow preparation so far, but I'm trying to gear up. And recently, I think I'm going to make a study group with some friends and try to really get to my studies and step on it.
0: Nice. You, um, you mentioned a few cool uh, little phrasal verbs there in your, in your answer. I've become a phrasal verb ob- obsessed person. <laughs> Lately, I'm just like, <laughs> I, I always think into myself during every conversation. Oh, that's an interesting phrasal verb. I'll have to make a note of that one. <laughs> <laughs> so some of the listeners might think that you're quite young to be an English teacher. But actually, it's not the first time you've taught English, right? You, you help other members of your school with their... Their English needs occasionally don't you?
1: Yeah and I actually started off tutoring English in I think in ninth grade uh, at this wow. um, after school learning centre but yeah at my school here too. A lot of people at my school English isn't actually their first language so I found that people sometimes come to me to help and I've ended up helping a lot of people in their English whether it's in their science classes or in their English classes of course. Mm.
0: Wonderful. What do you find most enjoyable about teaching English?
1: That's a good question. I think the satisfaction that comes when people can really grasp onto a concept. And whenever I help people at my school, for example, I think when you see their finished work, it can be really rewarding.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you've made a really good impression on um, the students at Intrepid English so far. Uh, how, have, how are you settling
1: in? It was a bit of a rocky start, but I think I really got into this routine and it's been really rewarding with the students at Intrepid English. One of my students, for example, you can really tell when a student is enthusiastic and really has the motivation. And it can be really you know fun to just talk with these students about what's going on in their lives and everything like that. And of course, there are also some students which just need a little bit more support. And that's perfectly fine, too. But I think the, the most rewarding part for me so far has just been getting to know some of the students and trying to get a bit of a more personal relationship with them.
0: So Lida and I, we both really love to hear from the new teachers what their experience has been. Not only because, you know, you all work remotely. And we often won't actually meet, you know, uh, physically. So it's really important to have these virtual check-ins and, you know, have, have our meetings as well. Even if there aren't that many updates to share in the meetings, it's really important mm-hmm. for, for all of us, I think, to see that we are part of a team. We belong in that team. And there are people who, are, who care about everyone's progress and um, there's support there if you need it. So, yeah, it's really interesting to hear about your experience. So one of the discussions that we've been having in the Intrepid English community this week is how people think differently depending on the language that they speak. So I'm actually, I, I, I can speak German not very well. Um, I used to be able to speak a lot better. And I speak a couple of other languages, just really the basics. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't really know a second language well enough to be able to to form an opinion about this. But you mm-hmm. are half American, half Japanese. Um, your your mum's from Japan. So tell me about your your take on this. Do you find that you think differently depending on whether you're thinking in English or in Japanese?
1: That's a really interesting question. I think that when I think in Japanese, it's pretty much the same, maybe. Uh, Maybe the way of thinking is a bit different because of cultural reasons. But I think that's more just like a mindset, if that makes sense, not necessarily due to the language.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I also think that, you know, I would consider Japanese as my second language, but maybe I'm not to that point enough where it's that seamless kind of switch between English and Japanese I wouldn't say I have that whereas a lot of bilingual people are really easily able to switch between the languages and I think I still have a bit more work to do in my Japanese.
0: So that's a really interesting experience that you've been able to go to high school in Japan. Mm -hmm. How much in your in your day-to-day schooling how much do you get to actually speak Japanese?
1: Really, not very much at all, to be honest. Just Mm -hmm. in my Japanese class. And then, of course, if you go off campus, you'll need to speak Japanese. Although I think a lot of people at my school, you know, they don't speak any Japanese at all and they get around just fine too. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Fascinating. You mentioned earlier that you've had quite a few experiences of helping your friends and classmates with their English. Can you tell us uh, any success stories?
1: yeah let me think. Just one I have off the top of my head would maybe be uh, one of my friends from Singapore, and this is kind of an interesting story because if you know anything about Singapore, a lot of people there they speak Chinese and then they also speak English, so she's kind of you'd consider her a native English speaker, but her English is it's kind of different from the standard American English so when she was writing her college application essay and she was applying to a bunch of schools in the U.S., sometimes she needed a bit of help kind of clarifying her sentences and trying to get across her point. So uh, we were pretty good friends and she asked, asked me for help. So uh, we were able to get a good essay at the end of the day because college application essays can be really difficult in that, you know, you have to show a personal side and really get your thoughts across in maybe 600 words or less. So I think that was definitely a pretty rewarding process, because I know at the end of the day, we were both really happy with what she had written.
0: That is an excellent example. I think that's probably one of the reasons why we all sort of get into teaching English. It's the kind of thing that many native English speakers have the opportunity to do just informally when we meet people and they need a, ha- a hand with some task or other in English. And it's so satisfying for both people involved that we, we tend to go, oh, wow, yeah, I want to I do this. Like I think I want to train to be a teacher. <laughs> um, a lot of the English teachers that I've met have, have got into it that way. And it really is a passport for helping people and traveling all over the world, isn't it? If you can teach English.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a really useful skill. And for example, in Japan, it's really ironic that all these English speakers at my school, they're still able to get around the country just because they understand English too. So it's definitely very useful.
0: Yeah, brilliant. I always like to ask a new intrepid English teachers if you have any advice for our English students.
1: Sure, so I think definitely one way to really focus on your English skills is to have a really clear goal in mind. So for example, like I said earlier, I'm still studying Japanese a bit. And I think that I set this really kind of clear goal is that I want to be able to speak to like government officials and kind of have this more complex Japanese down. And I think whenever you set a a concrete goal like that, it really helps you to keep on track and you can spend time every day doing your studies and you can see the reward at the end of the tunnel.
0: Wonderful. Japanese government employees. That is uh <laughs> is that a bit of a random goal?
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe kind of a vague goal, but I think whenever I speak to Japanese government officials it's it can get really overwhelming. So, kind of a weird goal, but it keeps me on track for sure.
0: Well, it's relevant to real life, isn't it? When you're living in Japan, you yeah you know might need to call and and speak to somebody, so so does that mean you're learning really quite formal Japanese then
1: I'd say that in the in my current class, it's definitely more focused on writing and reading, so not as formal as uh, a government official, for example, but kind of more comprehensive I think mm-hmm.
0: So um, a lot of my students who uh, are from Japan, they mention that the school system there teaches writing and reading in English in in great detail, but they have very little opportunity to speak, um, which is why a lot of them have extremely good theoretical knowledge of English. But when it comes to speaking, they maybe lack the confidence that's necessary to to speaking fluently in English. Mm. So it sounds like you're actually... Following a similar path in in Japanese, then, a lot of reading and writing.
1: That's really interesting, actually. I've never really thought about it, but along the same lines, my mom always speaks to me in Japanese, but I always reply to her in English. So my speaking skills are really not very good at all. But my listening and my reading and writing is definitely a bit more strong. Interesting.
0: Interesting. Okay, well, that would be, that's the answer to the next question. Then I was going to say, you know, which area of language learning do you find um, most difficult? So you would say that speaking Japanese then is the, the most difficult part then, is that right?
1: Yeah, I think it can be really hard to find the confidence because whenever I'm writing, for example, I always have the time to think about, does this make sense? Is the grammar correct? is the vocabulary is it the right vocabulary but when you're speaking you don't have the time to think about that so you definitely need to build up that kind of intuition and the confidence
0: i'm sure that makes you a very empathetic english teacher as well then
1: yeah i definitely understand it can be really difficult sometimes Mm
0: -hmm. okay ricky oh finally to finish up um is there anything else you'd like to say to the intrepid english listeners
1: I think that I'm really looking forward to meeting all of you, and I wish you all the best of luck on your English journey. That's wonderful.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today, Rikio. I'm really excited to see what you bring to Intrepid English. And yeah, it's really great to have someone with a really different perspective on life uh, join the team. So, welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: What a treat. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like to talk to Riccio further, you can book a trial lesson with him by visiting the Intrepid English website. If you liked this episode, please take a second to rate and review us on iTunes. Alternatively, if you're listening on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss any future podcasts or videos. From everyone at Intrepid English,
1: have a great day.